I trust that if you were here two weeks ago, you enjoyed, as Mr. Campbell shared with you, and last week, as Rick Hayes shared with you, I attended church, well, Ruth Ann and I attended church with Ruth Ann last week when we were with Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann and I attended with my mother, get my mix all talked up. Last weekend, uh, you know, had a good time of interaction. It's good to sit back sometimes and listen to someone else speak. And to be honest, it's one of those times where I said amen quite a few times under my breath and a couple of times amen pretty loud. And a few tears were shed also in the process just because of some things, what he spoke on and some things that Ruth Ann and I know <clears throat> have been going through. But it's good to be back. Glad to be able to share with you from Scripture. Let's take a moment in silence. You share with the Lord your desire to be sensitive as we interact with God's Word this morning. <clears throat> Fathers, we reflect on Christ and his ministry, how he lived and responded. We want to be open to you, Father, open to your word and your spirit's ministry to us. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. A thought question, not looking for response. With whom did Jesus spend his time by choice? With whom did Jesus spend his time by choice? Then a second question, with whom did Jesus run into conflict with time after time? With whom did Jesus run into conflict with time after time? In a few moments, we want to read together Mark 2, 13 through 17. But before we do, I want you to keep in mind the context of Mark 2, 13 through 17. In Mark 1, 1 through 14, we find that Jesus is presented in terms of his character, in terms of his being. And then in Mark 1, 15 through 45, we find that his being, his character, is confirmed through his words and his actions. Who he is said to be in 1, 1 through 14 is confirmed in 15, Chapter 1, 15 through 45. Then we find in chapter 2, 1 through chapter 3 and verse 12 that Jesus' authority is being expressed in various situations. He has authority to forgive sins in chapter 2, 1 through 12. In the passage we'll discuss this morning or continue to discuss, he has the authority to call a tax collector to be his follower. He has the authority in chapter 2, 18 through 22 to disband fasting. In chapter 2, 23 through 28, he has the authority over the Sabbath. And then in chapter 3, 1 through 6, he has authority to heal on the Sabbath. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 2, reading together verses 13 through 17. Mark 2, 13 through 17. <clears throat> Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, 
he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. As we discussed, I think it was three weeks ago, in verses 13 and 14, we find that Jesus, again, is out by the lake, a crowd is present, and he is teaching them. And we find in chapter 1 and earlier chapter 2 that he is teaching, he is preaching, but apparently his teaching is taking place as he's walking along. Because as he is walking along and teaching, he sees Levi, son of Alphaeus, at the tax collector's booth. And what does he say? Follow me. Now keep in mind, tax collectors were not well-liked, would have been hated in many respects. And we could say much more, but we did that a number of weeks ago. And when we get to verse 15, there's a time lag between verses 14 and 15. He's out walking along and he says to Levi, follow me. And Levi gets up and follows him. And then verse 15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. Enough time had to pass for them to get to Levi's house, for the meal to be prepared, for them to recline at the table and to be eating. And at this banquet, at this meal, there's a large number of people, many tax collector sinners. It's interesting to note who is present. Jesus is present. He's at Levi's house, and many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. Tax collectors, as I already said about Matthew, they were basically despised because of the system of collecting, collecting taxes. Sinners was a term used by the Pharisees. That they felt they were individuals who were inferior. They had no interest in scribal traditions. They didn't eat food in a state of ceremonial cleanness. And sinners even consorted with the Gentiles. James Edwards says in his commentary, The Levi whom Jesus called as a learner apprentice belonged to this category of persons, sinners. Understandably, the call of Levi causes great consternation in the eyes of fellow Jews. It brings Jesus again into contact with unclean persons. Not with unclean diseases, as in the case of the leper, but with an individual who, because of his collaboration with the Gentile occupation, is both morally contemptuous and ritually unclean. Jesus got into trouble repeatedly because of who he spent time with, and he got into trouble with the religious leaders because he spent time with tax collectors and sinners. So we have tax collectors, we have sinners, we also have Jesus present. And keep in mind 
who Jesus was and is. He's unique, one of a kind. He's the good news. He's a person. He is the Son of God. He baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He is a Father who is pleased with Him. He is yielded to God's Spirit. He's able to resist Satan. He's intimately related to the kingdom of God being near. He teaches with authority. He commanded an evil spirit to come out of a man. He has authority over sickness and demons. He's able to forgive sins, thus he is stating that he is God. He knew what the teachers of the law were thinking. He healed the paralytic and forgave his sins. Here is this man, Jesus, having a meal with sinners, with tax collectors. A marked contrast if you're a religious leader and are comparing people. We find Levi was also present. And his disciples, Jesus' disciples, are also present. But there's someone else present. The teachers of the law, who are Pharisees. They're present, but they weren't eating. They're observing. They're observing Jesus and his disciples eat with Levi and other tax collectors and sinners. The reason they're observing is because they're separatists. They avoided ritual impurity for those who did not keep their time-honored traditions. You know, sometimes we even today are tempted to respond in a similar manner. Are you willing to invite some of what may be said in our county as corrupt politicians into your home or eat in their home? And be seen doing that. Are you willing to go into the home of a drug addict and eat with them? The Pharisees are, you know, present, but they're just observing. Jesus is eating with them, but the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, are only observing. Who are the ones responsible to respond to the law, to find fault with the one who gave the law? So here we have a feast. People eating. Jesus, Levi, tax collector, sinners, his disciples, and then there's other people observing. And their response as they observe is, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? The disciples, Jesus' disciples are asked, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Very pointed question. On hearing this, Jesus is the one who responds, not his disciples. Jesus responds. And his response is, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now that's a very common sense answer. Anyone knows that both in the secular and in the religious realm, 
that a doctor is there for the sick. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick who need a doctor. The doctor visits the ill. That's what Jesus is doing. The whole go to the fractured. The joyful to the mourning. The strong to the weak. It's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. The idea of sickness is ill. Grievously ill. Miserable. Sick people are those who admit that they're sick. That they need a doctor. They recognize their need. The tax collectors and the sinners recognize that. They recognize they need help. The Pharisees did not recognize that need. You know, sometimes people need help, but they're not willing to admit it. I'm one of them. Some of you may have heard a couple weeks ago, I was driving to the hardware store in Sweet Valley, and I thought my arm underneath here is starting to feel sore. So I felt, and I thought, boy, what's that lump there? So when I got to the hardware store, you know, I lifted my arm and looked, and I thought, ah, there's a tick there. And I saw this big, round, red spot around it, and I thought, well, I'd pull the tick out and, you know, go on my merry way. I pulled the tick out, and the whole thing didn't come out, and I went home and I showed Ruth Ann, and her immediate response was, you need to call the doctor immediately. I said, ah, it'll wait. She said, no, you need to call the doctor. She said, you know, you can get Lyme's disease from tick bites. After much insistence, I admitted I needed a doctor. So I called the doctor and I figure, no, he won't work me in. I don't have an appointment. I left a message for the secretary. The secretary called back and she, I told her I had a tick bite, and how long do you think it was there? I said, probably you know, a few days, and she said, you know, come in immediately. So I get in, and I didn't even get a page read in the book I took along, and the doctor called me in. And I said to him, you know, you're much quicker than normal. We said we take tick bites serious because you can get Lyme's disease. But see, I was like a Pharisee. I said to Ruth, ah, I really don't want to go. It can wait. You know, let's see how it is in a few days. I didn't see myself as really in need. Jesus says, I came to those who are sick, not the healthy. We many times, as believers, may be tempted to treat people the way the Pharisees did. Look down at Jesus and sinners and tax collectors and withdraw into our little cliques while Jesus spends time with the sinners. History records that when Oliver Cromwell ruled England, the nation experienced a crisis. They ran out of silver and could not mint any coins. Cromwell sent his soldiers to the cathedral to see if any silver was available. They reported back that the only silver, silver was the statutes of the saints, to which Cromwell replied, melt down the saints and get them back into circulation. 
Sometimes God must do that with us. Jesus was in circulation. The Pharisees had withdrawn. They weren't. They wouldn't eat with sinners. Then they wouldn't eat with tax collectors. The implications of Jesus' response are very, very deep. If Jesus is spending time with Levi, the tax collectors and sinners, he communicates that these individuals realized they were sick. While the Pharisees think they are healthy. That is confirmed in chapter 3 and verse 6 when the Pharisees and the Herodians plotted how they might kill Jesus. I think they picked up on what Jesus was saying. I came to call Levi. I came to call sinners. I came to call tax collectors. But not you. Because you're not sick. He also says, I've not come to call the righteous but sinners. The answer that Jesus gives here to the question implies that Levi tax collectors and sinners knew that they were sinners, that they were individuals who were missing the very point of life. That is a relationship with God, a relationship with Christ. And they saw Jesus and realized that he could give life. Jesus came to call sinners. See, the Pharisees, their mission was to enlighten and have people follow their traditions. The mission of Jesus was to redeem. A marked, marked difference. He came to call not the righteous, but sinners. The Pharisees would say, I can. Jesus would say, you can't. The Pharisees would focus on self. Jesus said, focus on me. No, I am life. The Pharisees had pride. Jesus said humility. The Pharisees were concerned about doing. Jesus was concerned about dependency upon the doctor, Jesus. The Pharisees would have comparison. That should be comparison, not compassion. They would compare themselves with other people, whereas Jesus says, you're all in the same boat. That is the boat of sin. What is the whole point of this passage? The Son of Man came for sinners. Don't miss the message. I've not come to call the righteous but sinners. Jesus is ministering in a religious culture where there were the sinners of the tax collectors and the Pharisees. Jesus said, I came to call, call the tax collectors and the sinners, the sick. 
those in need of a physician, not the Pharisees because they think they're healthy. I think there's some deep implications for us today in light of the fact that we claim to be followers of Christ. And if we have experienced Christ, then we should serve as physicians in the world in which we live. And I would pose a thought question. Is our church outreach-oriented, or do we focus on ourselves? Do we spend time with our neighbors? Do we spend time with coworkers? Do we spend time with fellow students? That is, as a doctor who is ministering to the sick. Jesus came. Now he's spending time with the tax collectors and sinners as a physician because he wants to heal the sick. He came to call sinners. Are we, as a body of believers, are we as families, are we as individuals, just spending time with sinners? As a physician, to befriend them, to love them, to care for them. How many of us have spent time with our sinner neighbor or our sinner co-worker in the last year? Also, as we think about this passage and being ambassadors for Christ, sought in light in the world, It seems saints who spend meaningful time with sinners get into trouble with religious people. We have our holy huddles. But we're to be with them. We're to give up expecting them to come to our holy huddles. We're to minister to them where they are. Stop and think. If you are known as one who goes into the home of drug addicts, alcoholics, politicians who are cheats, I'm not saying all politicians are that way, I'm saying those that would be confirmed to be. Would you get in trouble with the sinners? Or would you get in trouble with the tax collectors? Oh, he's spending time with some of those sinners and the religious people becoming upset. So what's happening with Jesus. So if you spend some time with sinners and you get in a little trouble, not to sin with them, but to reach them, eating with them, whatever, you get in trouble, accept it, and go on with life. Perhaps we should consider informal settings as opportunities for teaching not merely formal settings where sinners are supposed to come to us. Jesus is in Matthew or Levi's house. He was out by the lake, preaching and teaching. Talking to Ray and Sherry Dreckenmiller last night via Skype. And Ray and Sherry were sharing that, going to get together with some of their neighbors, just move south, and they're going to be studying scripture together. They're open to that. Again, spending time with Sinners. 
Would sinners be more open as they observe among believers godly relationships, a distinctly different worldview, but yet living godly, godly families, families who have time together and love for and acceptance of sinners? Does that co-worker whom you despise and almost hate because they're so evil, do they know that you love them? That fellow student who gets to you so very, very quickly, do they know that you love them and you're willing to spend time with them even on their turf? Another application Let's discontinue talking about how bad our world is and how bad evil is and how bad sinners are in daily life. Let's not moan and groan and complain about that. We know that's present in the world. Oh, I read the newspaper this morning and boy, there's more going on in Lackawanna County. Those people in work, I just don't understand them. They're so evil. I don't know what we're going to do. It seems like more and more our country is going downhill. My suggestion is this. Let's take time to be with them. To point them to Christ. And let Christ radically change them. Jesus didn't come to the world and say, oh, those terrible tax collectors, those terrible publicans, those terrible sinners. He ate with them and ministered to them and drew them to himself. We can complain about our county, but are we with judges? Are we with county employees, etc.? Are we raising up godly judges, godly lawyers? Let's not be in our little shelter all the time. Let's be like Christ, spending time with sinners. Probably most of us here claim to be doctors. We're saved. We have a relationship with God through Christ. And we have the greatest medicine in the world, Jesus Christ. but don't avoid the sick. The sinners. Jesus was with sinners, and as you read the epistles, Jesus, through the apostles, would expect us to be with sinners. To share what? Jesus Christ, as we live godly before them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. We come together to worship God. We come together to praise God. But most of our time is spent as doctors among the sick people. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Who are the sinners in your world of influence? 
that you can be a doctor to. Don't come home from work. Don't come home from school and say, my, they're evil. What do you expect? They are. Rather say, yes, they're evil, but I have the good news. I have Christ. I can share that. Don't deny they're evil. Don't deny that they're sinners. Share the good news. Build a relationship. Take time with them. Don't be afraid of sinners. You say they might lure me into sin. Walk with Christ. Let the Spirit of God work in you. And let him lead you to be a godly student, a godly citizen, a godly employee, a godly employer, a teacher, a parent, a neighbor, a child, a driver, just day by day, walking with God. Jesus got into trouble because he spent time with sinners. And if you spend time with sinners, you might get in trouble sometimes too from religious people. So be it. Jesus continually got into trouble, as we'll find next week when he's questioned about fasting. In light of the passage we discussed, let's take our hymnals and turn to hymn 506. Hymn 506. Hymn 506, and think about your world of influence. Who are the sinners in your world? Who are the tax collectors in your world? Who are the publicans in your world? And say, Lord, lead me to some soul today.